Hello and welcome on to our week nine review on the PHFL NFL podcast. Myself, Adam, as always, joined by Kai and by Mikey. Hello, gentlemen. Hello. Have we enjoyed the NFL this weekend? Same um, as always, yes. Always enjoy it. Don't think this week was quite as um, dramatic as weeks gone by, but it's um, it's never a, never boring. Surely, uh, as an Eagles fan, it was very enjoyable because you didn't lose this week. Hey, we don't often lose now. Uh, well, your record suggests otherwise, but we'll see. Uh, <laughs> I say I say now, meaning <laughs> not in the past few weeks. Uh, yes. So we'll quickly move on from me slagging off the Eagles, even though they didn't even play this week. Um, to the Green Bay San Francisco game, we can get that over with early so that Kai doesn't have to listen to me and Mikey's Green Bay chat. Uh, Green Bay won that game thirty-four points to seventeen on Thursday night football. It was it was worries I think that was going to be postponed because of oh. COVID, but it ended up happening. Uh, San Francisco had no players because of COVID. Uh, Green Bay lost a few of their players because of COVID, but Aaron Jones came back. Um, certainly looked the best running back in that backfield for Green Bay. Um, Rodgers, I mean, through four touchdowns, zero interceptions, he seemed to be fairly good passer rating of 147.2. Um, they, did, uh, they didn't really get, uh, on the San Francisco side of the ball, their running game properly going. Uh, as someone who picked up Jermichael Hasty in both fantasy uh, leagues we're in, uh, his four attempts for three yards was not appreciated. <laughs> Mikey, do you have anything to add? I'm pretty sure you also had Jordan Reed in fantasy. Uh, had two, I mean, two targets, one reception for three yards. Yeah. A, a uh, nice whole 1.3 points for you in fantasy. Needless. I remember just before we go into the game, I remember waking up on Friday morning. I stayed up for some of the game. Uh, woke up Friday morning, checked the fantasy score, and I was like, oh my God, Adam, you had like two players playing and you were on like 4.3 points or something like that. Needless to say, I did not win my matchup this week. <laughs> you did not. I think that's back-to-back weeks you've not broke 100 yet. If I'm uh, no, need to, no need to talk about that, Mikey. Anyway, we'll, we'll focus uh, Adam on didn't break 80 stuff. this week. Yeah. <laughs> <So> 73 points. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, obviously, the worry at the start of the game was Aaron Jones not being 100%, but I mean, I think the f- first drive they, they ran often with Aaron Jones um, putting in the game straight away. I, I won't uh, go on it too long, obviously, because it does feel like a while ago this game was played. Um, but Aaron Rodgers, I mean, I don't think he played like lights. I don't think he was phenomenal. I don't think he stole headlines, but it just shows how good a quarterback he is when you think that and he's still throwing for 300-plus yards and four touchdowns. Do you know what I mean? It's It was just a vintage Aaron Rodgers performance. Um Nice to see other receivers not named Devontae Adams with a touchdown. Uh, Valdez Scantlin. Um, hopefully, we'll start to see some of our offensive weapons become fit again, fully fit, especially in the running back room. But yeah, clinical performance. Um, move on to next week for me, pretty much. Yep, finally getting that uh, 49ers monkey off of our back as Green Bay Packers fans there because they kind of embarrassed us last season. Uh, I know they weren't full strength, but still. Uh, We'll, we'll take it. Exactly. We certainly will. Saying not full strength as if maybe they'd let one or two out. There was guys in that team, I'm th- I think they just like, made up their name and chucked them in. Like, I mean, the boy James yeah, but... did not bad for nine receptions, 184 yards and a touchdown. I wish I'd put him in the fantasy team. But, uh... I think he ended up with one of the highest scoring wide receiver performances yeah, this week, uh... aside from Devontae Adams. Yeah, it was uh, It was certainly, uh, perhaps they found someone there uh, as what their third, Aye. fourth, fifth choice behind... Born Ayuk, 
<laughs> Sam, you whoever else they want to play when they're actually all fit. So on the on the 49er side of the ball, though, I think even though they've lost and their record, I think that's them either at 500 or below 500 for the first yeah, time this four season. And four and four five. and five. Yeah, yeah. The um, I'm going to give massive credit to Kyle Shanahan. I think what he's doing through all these injuries and all these problems, navigating his team obviously through COVID as well. I think it, it's been nothing short of amazing that they're still four and five when they could be a lot, lot worse when you've seen teams deal with injuries and struggle a lot. Um, I think it's credit to him and to the organisation is, is just how good he is as a coach. Totally agree with you. Totally agree with you there. Uh, and when this is a fully fit 49ers side, possibly with a different quarterback, you know, not Mullins, not Garoppolo. I've had this uh, uh, this point before. They might be moving on. Uh, this could be a very dangerous team and uh, to be honest, a very dangerous division. That could be... If not, if it's not already the best division of football, it's certainly uh, up there. Um, move. Nick Mullins again, as Mikey says, he obviously watches the show and he's, he's another good performance this week. Oh yeah, yeah, we'd love to have Nick Mullins on, uh, just not Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> um, no, uh, <laughs> he's too handsome for us. We don't want him to be compared. Exactly, to us, that's the problem. Uh, moving on from one of the best divisions of football to one of the worst, uh, the New York Giants were playing the Washington football team. Kai's looking at me like I've just. You've managed in probably less than 10 minutes to slag the Eagles and slag their division and the Eagles aren't playing. I know. Uh, but the Giants did win 23 points to 20. Uh, I was actually I was speaking to Kai just before the show and I actually quite enjoyed watching that game. Uh, from the outset, Like to begin with, I thought, oh, this is not going to be a fun game to watch. But it was a fairly fun game uh, to watch the highlights of and live as well, obviously. Um, 23 points to 20 as I say the Giants beat Washington the major talking point I think we can all say was the Kyle Allen injury I which that wasn't pleasant it was not nice to look at and it was I mean they, they didn't even show it the first time did they they just said look we're, we're looking to try and see how bad this is and then about 10 minutes later they paused it and said we're going to show you this once yeah and I wish I hadn't watched no it was weirdly kind of <laughs> eerily similar to the same sort of situation. Well, well. I thought it, it looked the same as Dax. It was about the same point in the field as happened to Alex Smith a couple of years ago. I suppose I. And yeah. then, uh, Mikey, you're going to have to help me here. You're better with the history of the NFL. The quarterback hundred himself, similarly to Alex Smith, several years ago for the Washington football team. Uh, I can't remember his name now. Oh, God. Aye, I've forgotten what? it. I'm not sure. Yeah, but uh, th- there were similarities between Smiths and this other quarterback's injury uh, back then, and now Kyle Allen not quite uh, leg breaking, but certainly ankle destroying. It looked like. Yes. Uh, so poetically, Alex Smith came back on the field, and uh, I mean, he looked okay to begin with, and then threw a couple of really bad interceptions mm. toward the end of the game. One of which wasn't even close. No, we were talking about we were... during the game, Kai, and we were like, wait, the, he was so far away from one of his receivers that we thought it must have been a Washington player. I thought it was like him. a really good throw to yeah. a Washington receiver, and I went, oh, oh no, ah. he's he's wearing the wrong colour. Bullet of a pass right to the defender. Um, <laughs> on the... I'll, I'll defend Alex Smith to the high heavens, and that those were stupid, but the way I've seen it, almost similar to soccer, if you want to call it, uh, on an American football podcast. I like to use football for a If I'm on a team and I'm losing 1-0 and it's coming to the final few minutes, I would rather lose 2-0 knowing that I was going gung-ho for it than uh, not doing it at all. So I think that's kind of what happened with those interceptions near the end. They knew that they had to do something. didn't work out for them. So 
Um, fair play to Alex Smith for trying and kind of throwing caution to the wind to try and get the win. But yeah, three interceptions for the day, even though he didn't start as a quarterback, doesn't look too good. He didn't look comfortable, I don't think, in the pocket. I think he's still very worried, uh, especially coming back for that injury. He doesn't want to get hit. Yeah, it's hard, hard not to, obviously, yeah. after everything that happened. Um, but it's not exactly what you want from your quarterback. You want him to be able to stand strong in the pocket. And even if he's not getting hit, you know, still be able to. But as soon as there's any pressure at all, he seems to be running away. Understandable, as you say, after that horrific injury. But, um, yeah. Uh, on the giant side of the ball, I was actually fairly impressed. See if this team's fully fit. Okay, like, they've got a young offensive line. At one point, they were playing three rookies on it. I think it could only improve. They've got Barkley coming back next season. Ingram, if he... You know, it plays as well as Ingram could play. They've got the talent outside. Maybe they could do some more pace in wide receiver. I think this Giants team are actually quite good because they, they've most of their losses have been in one possession games. Yeah, I, I think I think me and Mikey were discussing this not last week, potentially the week before, and we might have had a discussion um, off air. Yeah, it was it was talking about the, it before the Bucks was it before the Bucks game. Yeah. We're talking about how many games the Giants have lost by like one possession or by like single figure points, and there's so many games that could, were like right on a knife edge. This one obviously went their way, but um, they played the Cowboys. It was right on a knife edge. Um, they played a few other games where it was maybe a field goal that beat them or uh, a turnover or something like that. The Eagles won actually. Yeah. Um, so, and I, I think if they, like you say, I think if they keep everyone fit. Um, they managed to get a bit of a groove going from the start because I think part of their issue this season was they started really badly and it's hard to kind of clock back when momentum isn't going your way. Um, momentum's probably one of the biggest things. Um, but yeah, definitely agree. I would say that there's probably positive things for years to come um, with the Giants. And yeah. I think, actually, you've probably said this before, Mikey, Daniel Jones has never had all of his offensive weapons fit at the same time. And I think yeah. that's still the case He's- now. He's never played a snap with Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, Sterling Shepard, uh, Darius Slayton and Evan Ingram all on the field together. Not once. Uh, but he has had Alfred Morris, so what's uh, the problem there? <laughs> because uh, Morris is clearly a much higher quality running back than Saquon. <laughs> Listen, I, know it's, I know it's not Saquon Barkley figures that you're getting, but and it's not fantasy relevant if anybody's looking for a New York Giants running back, but I mean, Wayne Goldman and Morris went for combined about 130 yards um, on only maybe 23 attempts by the looks of it. Yeah. Uh, one touchdown for Wayne Goldman as well. I mean, it's not it's not what you want as a Giants fan without Saquon Barkley, but it could be a lot worse when you're thinking about the rush game uh, with the Giants. Daniel Jones is obviously a really, really good rusher as well. Only had four rushing yards in this game. But there's there's parts there, as Kai said, to, to churn out some wins and... It's not happening right now. I, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, obviously. So, oh, well, you never know in that division, Mikey. Well, yeah, but it's just <laughs> that kind of that kind of point in the season now where you think: Do we push and try and gel this team together and get some wins and get some confidence for next season, or do we try and get a, a top five draft pick? Yeah, uh, on you go. On I was going to say the rushing game could be worse. It could be Washington's rushing game, who had a combined thirty-seven yards. Yeah, um, as the Antonio Gibson owner, that was fairly uh, disappointing. However, he did get a touchdown. Um, he did have a few receptions for Antonio Gibson. Obviously, I think one of the talking points we haven't mentioned, which we should, was that comical fumble 
from Antonio Gibson with the first play of the game for Washington, and the, the it bounced for about, what thirty yards. There's about ten folk jumping on top of it. I saw someone put the uh, put the Benny Hill music over the top that's, of it. That's what was in my head when I was watching it. All I could think <laughs> of was that. Yeah. Uh, but I'll I'll be honest. I, I got the twenty point uh, the twenty points for the the twenty points the the two points for the the twenty yards for the reception. So I'll take it. But uh, we've talked far too long about the Giants against Washington. That is uh, longer than anyone needs to talk about that. But we can move on to two teams who are with very uh, good winning records going into this game. This is Chicago Bears at the Tennessee Titans. Kai was looking at this game for us. The Titans ended up only winning by uh, seven points, 24 points to 17. Um, How? Because when I saw that, Chicago hadn't really done anything. Yeah, um... As much as the the scoreline make, makes it look tight, it was never really in doubt for the Titans. Um, I think they were up twenty four three early in the fourth quarter, um, so they managed to almost throw it away, Falcons style. Um, but the I, did, I I think they just kind of coasted through the last quarter and um, maybe took the foot off the gas a wee bit. The Bears didn't. Quite a few the Bears didn't score a point. Terms. The Bears didn't score a point until the fourth quarter. Aye. <laughs> like, scored a field goal. Yeah, field, the start field of the goal. Was quarter, start, yeah. And then kicked on from there, I think. Yeah. Well, kicked on to still lose. I don't, um, I don't think there was a huge amount for you to talk about, but I have some stats for you, Kai, and then a question for you, having watched this game. So, okay. the Bears' offence, total points per game, they're ranked 28th in the league. Now, just for everyone who doesn't know, you should all know, there are only 32 teams in this league. So, they rank 28th in total points per game. 29th in total yards, 21st in pass yards per game, and dead last in rushing yards per game. They're not, um, yeah, they're not very good on the ground. In fact, they're not very good on offense either. Is it time uh, for Trubisky to come back? Well, he did. Yeah. For one snap last week, and then Hurt got himself. injured yeah. and went off again. <laughs> um, I don't know. I quite like Nick Foles. I think there's probably. And some Eagles sort of like saying, I was going to say, like I think there's probably some sort of like sentimental value there with Nick Foles, considering is is going down in Eagles folklore. Um, I I didn't think Nick Foles actually played that badly. Um, he ended the game with 335 yards and two touchdowns. He kind of rallied the troops a wee bit, like I said in the fourth quarter. Um, he was he targeted eight different receivers, so he was throwing the ball all over the shop. Um, but the worrying thing I would say for the Bears was they only converted two third downs the whole game. Um, yep. So when it kind of goes down to the wire, they're, they're, um, they're not very good. No. Uh, and I think the reason his stat line looked so good is because it was garbage time and they were just thrown to try and get back yeah. in the game. And the Tennessee Titans were more than happy to concede short throws in the middle of the the field. You know, like they, they weren't going to get beaten over the top. They were just happy for them to... Think and dunk, you know. Way through the middle. Aye. Um, um, the one thing I would say is the Bears are are in the position they're in in terms of their record and where they are in the division because of their, their defence, I would say. Um, that, the, I, I have a stat now to hit back at you. I don't know if you have it, Adam. Um, so AJ Brown's 40-yard touchdown in the second quarter was only the third receiving touchdown the Bears have allowed this season to I, a wide receiver. I, I didn't know that. That's an impressive stat. So two receiving touchdowns through nine weeks 
was the was the lowest in the NFL, as I'm sure you can imagine. But going into week ten, they've only they've only allowed three receiving touchdowns. Two wide receivers, um, that's impressive. Two wide receivers, which is I was amazed by that. Yeah, that is very um, good. But in terms of in terms of the Titans, um, I think they just kind of bounced back from what was quite a, a poor few weeks. Um, they probably slipped back a wee bit, so I think it was quite important they came back and got, got the win. Um, AJ Brown's starting to kind of find his feet again, coming out his injury. Um, he had his second 100-plus yard game this season. Um, <laughs> in terms of other receivers, um, Corey Davis, who had a very, very big week last week, and we were all anticipating... Um, doing quite well last week had three targets but didn't catch any of them a big goose egg a big zero <laughs> um, and the Titans in general only had 250 yards of, of total offence but um, they were pretty efficient with it yeah. Mr Efficient himself Ryan Tannehill exactly um, but yeah coming coming out of that um, the Titans obviously had to play the Colts tonight Thursday night football which will be a big big game in that division Um and then the Bears obviously play the Vikings, which is a big divisional matchup as well, especially for you guys. Well, um, Kai, talking about the Vikings, you were also looking at that game where the Vikings were. That, yeah, like that one. There we go. The Vikings were there at we home go. to the Detroit Lions, thirty-four points to twenty. Minnesota won that game. Give us your quick thirty-second summary of it. Um, it wasn't a very good game. Dalvin Cook is very good. Um, no, do we even need thirty <laughs> seconds? That is it, isn't it? It's Dalvin Cook. It's. It's like the Dalvin Cook show again. Two hundred and two yards, two touchdowns, two receptions for nearly fifty yards. Like the Vikings are solely reliant on Dalvin Cook right now. I would even say like Justin Jefferson's kind of fallen out the picture again. I had a couple of exciting weeks and then um, he's kind of just gone back to to doing his doing his thing without really catching the headlines. To be honest, um, they've not really needed to be passing it a lot, have they? Let's be honest. No, it's everything's been on the ground. Um, <laughs> Irv, Irv Smith Irv I don't Smith, really, it's yes. hard for a Scottish guy to say that um, probably had the most efficient game ever two receptions, uh, 10 yards, two touchdowns nearly as efficient as some of Mike Evans games earlier in the season uh, <laughs> I, I was looking at Dalvin Cook's stats uh, so far this season so in 2020 he's played in 7 games because he was injured for a couple he's had 144 rushing attempts and 12 touchdowns in the last That's... five seasons, Frank Gore has played 71 games, had 954 rushing attempts, and only scored nine touchdowns. <laughs> That's probably because Frank Gore can't run far enough. To That's get true, but I think it, 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 <laughs> Dalvin Cook's an unbelievable talent. Unbelievable. Right, and actually, see, to be fair, Alexander Madison in behind him is actually one of the most also efficient, had a good game. one of the most efficient runners of the football as well. So like they've got unbelievable one. I think it's bunch. also credit to Vikings O line as well. Um how well they're doing to create these gaps for Dalvin Cook. But Dalvin Cook right now in the league at how many I think he's only played five of the Vikings eight games. Is that right? It said here in my stats seven, but I'm not quite sure how true that is. He's first in rushing yards in the league, first in rushing touchdowns, first in rushing yards per game, first in touchdowns First in points scored, second in yards from scrimmage, and second in yards after contact. And he's he's missed three games through injury. It's quite good, isn't he? I will. That that was what we spoke about before we came on here. That I was going to say one. I had two outlandish claims of the week. One of them isn't really an outlandish claim, so you don't need to hit the music. But oh, Cook, oh, I don't have I to think. hit the music. So. <laughs> 
Dalvin Cook will win the Russian title this year. I think he's he's going to beat the likes of Derek Henry, etc. Um, I, I don't even though he's missed three games through injury, it's it's hard to see anybody else. I I, I don't think this is going to stop either. I think this quality of Dalvin Cook is just going to continue. Um, and who knows? They could be a wild card uh, dark horse. Well, that's what I was about to ask because one of the questions I was going to have is of the teams who aren't currently in playoff position who do you think is most likely to get in there? So teams like the Cleveland Browns and Indianapolis Colts aren't actually in the playoffs at the moment at 5-3 and three, but I'm thinking about someone who's maybe got a less than 500 record. So you've got teams like obviously the Jets, Jags, Texans who are really bad. You've got the Chargers who are 2-6. You've got the Bengals 2-5-1. Uh, and Vikings then, or, the, or the Panthers yeah and then on the NFC side of the ball you've actually still got the 49ers at 4 and 5 the Lions and the Vikings at 3 and 5 Falcons and Panthers at 3 and 6 obviously you've got three of the uh, NFC East teams there who might sneak in but that's less to do with the fact they're going to sneak in a wild card and they're going to actually win the division but for me I think this Vikings team are the most likely of the ones with losing records to, to get in there because I think this team are much better than that 3 and 5 record suggests and when you look at it, they are only three wins off the Packers and they still have to play the Packers. So say they win that game against the Packers, which will be in Minnesota, you're only two wins off and you've still got a good chunk of the season still to go. Um, they're only, they're only, only two half, wins. Just after the halfway point. They're only two wins off the wildcard place at the moment. Exactly. They play, so, they, play the, they play the Bears this week as well. So if they if they beat the Bears coming, into this, coming out of this week coming... Um, I think they put themselves in a great position. The Lions will fall away. The Lions are poor. Um, I know I've probably taken them every week in the predictions, and that's what we're laughing about. Um, but I didn't think, yeah, I think the Vikings will make a real push from now to the end of the season. I agree uh, reluctantly <laughs> as a Packers fan that the, the Vikings the, are doing it. I know, um, I know we, we're not maybe the highest on Kirk Cousins, but he has a great record against the Lions. I don't think he's ever lost to them. Um, if that's true, since joining, that's, that's an impressive... Since joining the Vikings in 2018, he's 5-0. Well, that's how he Lions. Uh, did you look at that before you uh, did your predictions? Uh, no, I just literally found it out there. Because uh, uh, What team did you predict for this game, just just asking? Um, the, the, the Lions. Oh, maybe you yeah. should have checked that before the predictions. Then. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mikey, you haven't had a game to talk about yet, so we can move on to one of yours. It was the... Uh, Kansas City Chiefs at home to the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers gave the Chiefs a scare. 33 points to 31. The Chiefs ended up winning. What's your takeaways from that yeah. game, Mikey? Good game. Panthers made a, a good game of it. Um, obviously, the Chiefs, just their, their whole roster depth and quality as a whole shone through at the end. Um, but plenty of positives to take from the Carolina Panthers side of the ball. Great to see uh, Christian McCaffrey back. For now, um, yeah, for a, for a game. The final drive of the game, he's out. He's out again this week. I think. Yeah, he picked up a knock on the final drive of the game. So disappointing because even as non-fantasy owners of Chris McCaffrey and non-Carolina Panthers fans, I, I loved seeing him back. I just love watching him. I think he's when he's fit, he's the best overall weapon in the NFL. I don't think any. There's a few other players that you could put in the conversation, but in my opinion, McCaffrey is uh, number one. I think you say that for a different player every week, Mikey. You said about no, Alvin I, Kamara this I week. Said, but I did say about <laughs> Alvin Kamara that uh, we're only saying that because Christian McCaffrey's not been active. Um, I did say that in last week's podcast, but 
Teddy Bridgewater was very good again. Um, I think we we spoke about this in a previous podcast. Is that he's turning into the Teddy Bridgewater before that uh, horrific ACL injury that he suffered. Um, but McCaffrey had over 150 scrimmage yards plus a touchdown. But this just comes down to Patrick Mahomes again. He was 372 yards, four touchdowns, and zero interceptions. If you pair that with last week when he was 416 yards with five touchdowns and zero interceptions, it's only the second quarterback since 1950 to have at least 350 yards passing, four touchdowns and zero interceptions in back-to-back games. Do you know who the other quarterback was? Since since when, did you say? 1950. Oh, so the start, right. Um, the other... only, the, only the second player ever to throw for 350-plus passing yards, four touchdowns and zero interceptions in back-to-back games. Peyton Manning. Okay. Nick Foles. Are you having a laugh? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. I have no idea. It was Tom Brady in 2007 in his oh, MVP was... winning season. Seems, it seems like a not an obvious answer, but... Um, that doesn't, I, I that doesn't seem like a Tom Brady stat. He's, he doesn't you know, take them as yeah. thrown for lots of yards, but... But that, that was in his MVP winning season. That may have been the season that they were actually 16-0 and when the Giants beat them in the Super Bowl. So yeah. that was one of the most potent offences I think we've ever seen. But Mahomes is... I just feel like every week Mahomes is just cementing his legacy in the Hall of Fame already. And he's he's only in his, what, his third year? It, yeah. It only is... Third year third starter, year. isn't it? Third year as a starter. Um, just madness. I, I, I don't see how he's not going to continue this and end up being the greatest quarterback to have ever lived. It's it's just hard. And I know that we are living in it as well. So we, we didn't see the likes of Dan Marino and uh, everyone like that. But Mahomes is just... It's very rare for him to have a bad game, if, oh. if, if at all. So This um, is definitely the dynasty of the 2020s, isn't it? It's already, we already can see it's going to happen. Like the, the Patriots yeah. were for the last you know 20 years, this is definitely going to be... They're going to get, what, at least another three Super Bowls over the next 10 years, at least... At least, you would. You, I think a, a big part of that's Andy Reid as the coach. Um, how long he ends up staying there is, is probably another question as well. I think while he's there and while Mahomes is there, I think they'll be lethal. Um, it would. I think it would be interesting to see how another, a different coach would would fare in that team. I still think they would be very successful, but I think Andy Reid probably does a a ridiculously underappreciated job at times. Because let, let's be honest, if you were to like rank most of the players in that that Chiefs team, aside from Kelsey, Mahomes and Tyreek Kill, you maybe wouldn't put most of the other positions right up there. But they're just a very, like Mikey said, they're a very good roster with a lot of roster depth as well. And I think that's probably why you win or why they won the Super Bowl and why they'll probably win so many from now onwards. Yeah, I mean, the Panthers had a really good job at shutting down the running game. They only had 36 yeah. rushing yards. Um, so thank you for taking Clyde Edwards-Alaire off my hands, Mikey. I was happy with his, <laughs> I was happy with his numbers for me this week as well, because I, I won this week, Adam. I know. Uh, I did in Dynasty, does that count? No, it does not. No, but okay. um, one thing I noticed as well when watching this game, and I feel that, the Panthers did a very, very good job of it in the first half, first three quarters, uh, until Mahomes kind of just exploded near the end, was how much time Panthers spent working the clock. Um, they, I think they took up the full first quarter on their first drive or something like that. Um, they, they were just, they were obviously 
people always say it, but it's very hard to actually do it, was basically just if we're on the ball, Mahomes won't be simple as that. So that's what they were trying to do. It worked for a while, but there's only so long you can keep uh, Patrick Mahomes down, to be honest. So he came up clutch, won his team the game. Uh, I've seen a celebration of him carrying Tyreek Hill back to the um, the touchline. It's just basically him carrying his team non-stop and that's all he's going to do for the rest of his career. No matter how good his team is around him, he's going to be number one. I think Teddy's year at the Saints last year did him an absolute world of good, learning off of Drew Brees. I think a lot Massively. of what you see from Teddy at the moment is Drew Brees-esque. That was hard for me yep. to say. Drew Brees-esque because he's just... Uh, I think I described this... Uh, spoilers, we have a quarterback ranking special that's coming out soon. But uh, in that, I think I described Bridgewater as like a, a decent, really good game manager. A similar sort of Breeze mode. It's really harsh to call Breeze a game manager, but he doesn't have like a bullet arm anymore. He's not hugely mobile. To be fair, Teddy had a good wee rush there where he went like Superman at one point. But um, but he I th- went stiff as a board yeah. and just <laughs> went straight. Yeah. But um, but I think I think Teddy is doing really well to manage that. His longest pass was only twenty eight yards. Like so, he's not firing downfield. But this, I, I think, I think this team. A lot of people seem to think that. Carolina might try to get a quarterback in the draft, but I think if they stick with Teddy, it could be quite good for them. Yeah, I would agree. I think they should. You see it as well with the... Everybody thinks that Robbie Anderson is his favourite go-to target, but when you just look at the stats, Christian McCaffrey, 10 receptions. uh, Samuel, 9 receptions. Robbie Anderson, 9 receptions. And Mike Davis, 5 receptions. And then there was a few others as well. He's... Yes, he's not thrown for massive yards, but he's very. I think he's as a as far as quarterbacks come, he's got one of the best uh, football IQs out there. Um, he knows exactly what needs to be done. And it, any other week, I thought they would have won that game. Obviously, when you're up against Patrick Mahomes, you stand less of a chance. Yeah, definitely. Now, I hope people don't get sick of your voice, Mike, because you've got another couple of games in a row here. So. Uh, We'll move on to one that I'm going to assume you might talk about not too much with it being two one-win teams going into the game, but it was Houston at Jacksonville. Houston winning 27 points to 25. No Minshew this week, so there was no Minshew mania, and their backup was playing. What did you have to take away from that game? Even though this was my game, I, I had texts from both of you throughout the week offering me money to take this game because Gardner Minshew wasn't in it. Uh, you'll do anything to, to speak about anything but Gardner Minshew. But yeah, he was he was benched for, uh, I think it was a, an injury. I can't remember what the injury was. But I think he had surgery on a broken finger. Yeah. the Jake Luton came in. We spoke about him on Sunday night. He was he was brilliant. It's I feel like this season, more than any other season that I've watched football, quarterbacks have came in for an, an injured starting quarterback and they have just came in in a baptism of fire. Like Ben Dinucci in a divisional game away to the Eagles. Um, even the likes of Andy Dalton, um, Tua came in against the Rams. Same with um, Alex Smith. You've just got these quarterbacks coming in probably the worst possible time. It's You're coming in in a divisional game. You're against J.J. Watt as well. Um, but he was, he was brilliant. He was absolutely brilliant. He, he looked like He'd been playing in the NFL for a good three or four years. Uh, 304 yards passing, a rushing touchdown as well. He failed on the two-point conversion, but it's it's a rookie game. And I don't think they're going to be too upset that they lost that game, considering they might have a top three pick in the draft. So um, 
the start of this game was just absolute madness. You had uh, DJ Chark, 73-yard touchdown to start the game. And I think that was potentially Jake Linton's first throw of the game. Yeah, yep. it looked like it. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, what nerves has he got? Absolutely none. And then straight away when the Texans got the ball, 57-yard touchdown from Brandon Cooks as well. Which And you just you just knew straight away that this was going to be a good game. Obviously, the fireworks didn't continue throughout the game, but it, it was an interesting game to watch, especially with Jake Luton. JJ Watt got his uh, 100th career sack in only 120 career games. That's unbelievable, um, isn't it? it really one is. of the best, probably the best defensive player in my generation. Anyway, I, I, probably I'll say Aaron Donald is once he retires, but right now, JJ Watt having two or three defensive player of the years uh, awards. The guy's an absolute wrecking ball. His wee uh, brother's, his wee brother's going to try and beat him the way he's playing yeah. it in Pittsburgh, certainly. Very interesting. But um, yeah, just a, just a very good game. Um, seems to be quarterback controversy happening all over the league just now. Um, so who knows what's going to happen. I think the Jags play the, the Packers this week. Um, whether Gardner Minshew's still injured or not, I don't think it'll matter. I think Jake Luton will start regardless of Minshew's status for this week. Excuse me uh, while I just pick up the Green Bay defence in fantasy. <laughs> um, yeah, I think... I actually think it was a relatively exciting game throughout. I think the fact that it stayed pretty close, it never like totally ran away from either team. Um, it was kind of pretty back and forward. Um, and... For two teams that haven't been great so far this season, I think it turned into a pretty decent spectacle. I was happy enough when Will Fuller caught a 77-yard touchdown, which basically accounted for nearly half of his... In fact, it accounted for two-thirds of his yards and probably more than about 90% of his fantasy score this week. Yes, definitely. Uh, as I and say, also just like point out that... Um, Mikey was playing Sandy last week and um, DJ Chark was on Sandy's bench. So if Sandy had started DJ Chark, Mikey would have lost. Yeah, well, Sandy... Any, any chance to put uh, Mikey down? In Sandy had messaged me actually yesterday saying, is there any way to check projected scores from previous weeks in relation to actual scores? Because I feel as if I've had high projected scores and failed them basically every week. And looking at the stats, <laughs> yes, he basically has underperformed his projected score almost every week. Uh which is why the only team worse in fantasy than me is Sandy at the moment. So, <laughs> yeah. But I think the fact that we didn't have a huge amount of talk about this game uh, is apparent there. So move on to another one who Mikey says he doesn't have a huge amount of talk about. And I don't blame him looking at the score of it. Baltimore at Indianapolis, 24 points to 10. Baltimore won that one. Was that just a, a solid Ravens way to win a game, Mikey? Just a, a routine victory. Uh, a couple of things that I've, I've not even got written down. I just remember reading that this is the first time in Lamar Jackson's career that he's been losing at halftime and came on to win a game. I think he was 0-6, including the playoffs in any games that he was losing at halftime. Um, and then another one that I remember seeing is that this is the 31st straight game in a row where the Ravens have put up 20-plus points. Um, that record started when Lamar... Jackson checked in for Joe Flacco uh, on that first game. So, if you are a, a franchise that wants to put up points, twenty points a week consistently, put Lamar Jackson in your team. Simple as that. That he's not. I know Kai's been trying to trade him away in fantasy. He's not been as fantasy relevant as he obviously was in his MVP winning season. But in terms of NFL, he'll get you wins. Uh, smart quarterback. 
got to give credit to him for this win, I would say. Um, yeah, not really much else to talk about in this game. It's just, as I said, a very routine win for the Ravens. Yep, looking at the stats, it looks like that. They had 38 rushing attempts compared to 23 pass attempts. And you know that when the Ravens run the ball, they win the game, basically. Um, if they can get the running game going, then they've won that game. Um, very strangely spread out the rushing game for the Indianapolis Colts. I keep saying this because I'm a Jonathan Taylor owner and he's not been doing anything. He was sat on my bench, which I was getting very frustrated when he scored that touchdown early on, but he didn't really do anything after that. Um as a Mark Andrews fantasy owner, Mikey, are you getting frustrated with Mark enough, Andrews? I was, I was literally just about to bring that up, just looking at the stat sheet. Yeah, he's he started the season very well. I think first three games of the season um, in terms of fantasy, he was brilliant. Um, this week, five targets, three receptions for 22 yards. He is that. I still, I still think he's an elite top five tight end in the league, but He's in that weird grey area because of the Ravens' offense being so pass, uh, run heavy that when they're winning, they're not. You're not going to see a lot of Mark Andrews, and they win a lot. So it's difficult. Even when the you noticed it in the Steelers game as well. I don't think Mark Andrews had the greatest of games either. They were targeting him a lot, but maybe just an off day for Mark Andrews. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if in other leagues you you seen Mark Andrews getting traded around. If I had him in a dynasty league, I'd maybe consider trading him, but. I'll keep him in ESPN just for one one more season until we do a redraft. What's the what do you think is happening with this backfield when Ingram comes back? Because you had Dobbins, Dobbins with two and a half yards a carry, Edwards with two point one yards a carry. The longest gain was actually by Lamar Jackson of nine yards. It's not wasn't great in this game, and it's been struggling a few games before. And Ingram wasn't particularly good before he got injured. So what what's actually going to happen? Yeah, I, I don't think you can put the stats from this game down to anything because the Colts have a phenomenal D. Um, yeah, it'll be very interesting. I'd like to see, I'm not talking in terms of fantasy. I'm just talking in terms of the NFL in general. I'd like to see a lot more of J.K. Dobbins. Um, but Mark Ingram's one of the locker room leaders and they're not going to take, they're not going to take snaps away from him anytime soon, uh, especially as you get closer to the playoffs. So, it's it's just a it seems like the most elite running back by committee, but it's still a running back by committee at the end of the day. So it's very difficult to know who's going to be the the lead back in this in this team. Mikey, I thank you for your service for those three games back to back. That was good of you oh, to do that. Sorry, I feel we're missing the biggest point of this whole game. What was that? Was the the, the fact that the Colts decided to go hail mary on a play. And had to bring just Kobe Brissett out because Philip Rivers can't throw the ball that far anymore. Yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe if he had less kids, <laughs> if he had less kids, he'd be able to throw the ball further. <laughs> I mean, it was Jacoby Brissett's only snap of the game. Um, yeah, but it didn't go anywhere. Yeah, I just found that really no, amusing. Yeah, you did mention it on Sunday night, and I apologise we didn't mention <laughs> it there. But Kai, you had something slightly more interesting to watch than Joby. Uh, Joby, that's not a word. <laughs> <laughs> Jacoby Brissett <laughs> Jacoby Brissett's <laughs> Hail Mary <laughs> Sorry we've fallen apart here folks um, <laughs> Jacoby Brissett <laughs> His Hail Mary was slightly less interesting <laughs> uh, Was slightly less interesting than Seattle Seahawks at the Buffalo Bills uh, Buffalo 
actually won this game 44 points to 34, which was perhaps surprising for some people, especially <sighs> after how Seattle had been playing and how Buffalo had struggled the past couple of games. But Buffalo won 44 points to 34. Um, on you go, Kai. Tell us about that game. Oh, sorry. I just need to uh, rec- recover myself. <laughs> oh. It's hard to talk, all right? No one, no one quite appreciates how tricky this is. At least we're authentic. Exactly. That's not getting edited, edited out either. Exactly. Um, yeah, I, I thought this was probably um, the best game this week. I would say so. Um, two really good teams going into it with two really good records. And as much as the Bills winning was potentially a surprise, it wasn't surprising at the same time in a kind of weird way. Um, I think they've obviously got the quality and they've got the talent there to, to win. Um, but yeah, um, it just seemed like every time the Seahawks were getting close on the scoreline, the Bills would just go up and score again. Um, and they just kind of kept them kept their distance from them uh, for the time being. Uh against what would arguably be the NFC's favourite for um for the Super Bowl. Um the the biggest thing I would say on the Bills side of the ball is how good that receiving group looks. Um obviously the the main one is is Stefan Diggs, um hundred and eighteen yards. Didn't get didn't get a touchdown but nine nine receptions for hundred and eighteen yards. But you've also got John Brown who ended up with ninety nine yards. Um just shy of the 100. Cole Beasley, um, Gabriel Davis as well, who seems to pop up the touchdowns quite a lot in the red zone. Um, Josh Allen certainly got plenty of targets to throw the ball to. Uh, and I thought, in fact, I thought Josh Allen had a great game this week. Yep. 415 yards, three touchdowns, uh, and a rushing touchdown as well. Looking at the stats, it looks like he had to be. For both sides of the ball, the rushing games were basically non-existent. Um, yeah. Passing game, obviously, for... Buffalo, people are kind of describing them as a pass-first offence, and it seems to be that case um, for them there. And on the Seattle side of the ball, they just don't ever have any fit running backs, do they? Again, there was no no uh, Carson and no Hyde this week. They only had 57 rushing yards. Um, but that receiving core as well, actually, for that side of the ball with Lockett and uh, Mikey's favourite Metcalf. Um, and you've also got Moore as well that comes in normally with some touchdowns hiding in there. Hollister with the tight end. uh yeah. Coming up with all the catches as well. These are two really good passing offences, but I'm really... We... Well, mainly Mikey, but I think we all kind of agreed that Seattle were probably the favourites for the NFC a few weeks ago. But yeah. the more I look at that team, I worry about that defence. I've got I've got that exact thing yeah. in, in part of my notes, is that as much as their offence is arguably one of the best in that league and one of the most consistent in that league their defense is massively massively letting them down um interestingly enough they've allowed over 2800 passing yards so far this season which is the most by any team ever in their first eight games in the super bowl era well that's impressive in the wrong way isn't it yeah like you shouldn't if you have that good a record and you're touted for making the Super Bowl, you need to have a good defense as well, and that's that's what the Seahawks are usually so good for. I mean, the season they won the the Super Bowl. It's a um, it's a long way removed from Trump. the Legion of Boom, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's the polar opposite. Um, I also now 
you're you that I'm kind of curious to see what you think. I think Russell Wilson is slowly losing his grip on the MVP season. Yeah, he's had uh, eight it? interceptions now for the season. Yeah, in the last two games, there's been what four, five turnovers, something like that. Um, yeah, and there's been a few fumbles as well, if I remember right, not just interceptions. Yeah, he had two fumbles. I he, think that's yeah, it. Two fumbles. He had he had, he had yeah. himself two interceptions and two fumbles. That's four turnovers in the game. They lost by ten points. That was the difference in the game. Like massively turned over the ball it, four times. It happens. Uh, it's happened a few times now where. When he's under a bit of pressure, he seems to be kind of losing his cool. He's usually so good in the pocket at breaking free and and finding a way to to get the ball out. And I don't know whether I don't I don't really know what it's been the past couple of weeks because he didn't see it through the first six or seven weeks of the season. Um, I feel like he's maybe under a bit of pressure when he's not got elite running backs. I think he feels like he's under a bit of pressure to keep the ball and throw the ball all the time. Um, I think when you get Carlos Hyde and you get Chris Carson back, it maybe takes a wee bit of pressure off him because he knows if he's under, if he's maybe not having a good spell in the game or they are, the Seahawks as a team are under a bit of pressure, then he can drop the ball off to a running back and let them kind of do a bit of the work. Um, I, was trying, I was trying so hard not to use the word pressure too often there. Yeah. Um, it's hard to do. Pressure's a common uh, one. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of other words that you can use instead of pressure. Um, I still think like the Seahawks will make the playoffs, no doubt. They'll probably win that division. But I just feel like maybe maybe the, the number one seed in the NFC and I, I'm, I'm starting to have my doubts. Are you thinking maybe maybe the Packers? Um, Packers? Unfortunately, I think if anyone's going to beat them to the to the number one seed in the NFC, I think it'll be the Packers. You um, heard, it, heard it here first, Mikey. Kai thinks the Packers are going to be the number one NFC seed. I didn't necessarily say that's, I thought they would that, be. I the think if the Seahawks said. aren't, then... Uh, I mean, the, the, I would say the Saints, if they can kind of... Obviously, we'll come on to that. If they can build off this week. I think they could potentially make a push as well, but um, I would say it's probably between the... It's the Seahawks' seed to lose, um, and if anyone's going to take it, I think it would be the Packers. So so you mentioned the Saints there. What what division are the Saints in, Mikey? Sorry? What division are the Saints in? You mentioned the Saints. Uh, NFC South. All right, well, an NFC team, uh, NFC South team for the Atlanta Falcons, and they were at home <laughs> to the Denver Broncos this week. And Mikey was looking at that game for us. Um, awful. I know it was poor. I know. Because uh, <laughs> I, I was, I was still waiting to say my piece on because we we barely even spoke about the Bills there who won that game. The one thing I was just going to say is that obviously Josh Allen's grandmother passed away um, the day before the game, um, mm-hmm. and what the Bills mafia did was they raised over a hundred thousand dollars for a children's hospital in Buffalo in honor in honor of Josh Allen's grandma, and they were all given. $17 donations, obviously from his jersey number. Um, and Josh Allen came out and said, my family is forever engraved here, myself included. I don't ever want to leave. Um, I think that guy potentially could be a bill for the rest of his life, genuinely. The yeah. guy loves the loves the, loves the the place, loves the team, um, and he's got a massive future ahead of him. And that was a, a statement win for potentially a dark horse in the MVP race um, in Josh Allen. But yes, I'll go for that, that game now. I said at the start of the season, 
Well, I think we all we all thought it. Home. We all thought it, and then you had a couple of bad games there. But you know, you're allowed a couple of bad games in the MPV, MPV MVP season. <laughs> you're having a nightmare. Uh, I know I can't speak. I'll pass it over to Mikey. Only go talk about Denver, Atlanta. Atlanta won thirty four points to twenty seven. I, this is another game I, I don't really have much on. The only thing I will say is that the Falcons almost falconed it. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we had a, a, a bit of a healthy lead at one point, and the Broncos won the fourth quarter, twenty-one to seven. Can um, I just point out you've described six points? You've described a twenty-four, no, twenty-one point lead as healthy. I mean, I would suggest that's a bit more than healthy. <laughs> it's very, yes, very, very, very healthy. But, um, but I, I said this on Sunday night in our, our group chat. I thought Drew Locke played fantastic. I think he was making a lot of very good throws in tight windows. Um, he did throw a pick at one point, but 300-plus yards and two touchdowns. Uh, but on the Falcon side of the ball, because it's not often that you you get to talk about them in a positive can I, light. Can I quickly um, counter your Drew Locke point, Mikey? Because I've looked at some stats over his last two games, okay? Okay, let me. He's played well in the fourth quarter of games. But <laughs> in the first three quarters of his last two games, he's thrown for 244 yards, zero touchdowns, and one interception. And in the yep. fourth quarter of his last two games, he's thrown for 306 yards, five touchdowns, and an interception. He seems to bring it at the end. He's a clutch player. But you, you only need to play well in the fourth quarter. That's that's what I think Drew Locke should go to any team um, that is just that can do a healthy three quarter lead, and then bring him on in the fourth in the fourth quarter just to to cement the win. But on the Falcon side of the ball. Uh, Correct me if I'm saying his name wrong, but Zacchaeus uh, had four receptions for 103 yards. Um, Matt Ryan, in a game where he's only thrown for 280 yards, was a poor Matt Ryan performance, kind of similar to what we say about Aaron Rodgers. He's just he set the bar so high for himself in terms of yardage and touchdowns. Um, Todd Gurley, 53 rushing yards and a touchdown, but inefficient he... again, Mikey. Yes, I know um, the. I think the big question when Todd Gurley went to the Falcons was, is he going to stay healthy enough to be a big player for this team? And I think the question is, yes, he's second in rushing touchdowns in the league. He's third in carries, so it's not like he's they're not giving him the ball. He's fifth in first downs and fifth in the league in rushing yards. Uh, I think that's exactly what they wanted from Todd Gurley. Uh, again, we say it all the time, when people set the bar so high for themselves, like Todd Gurley did in 2018, you're going to want to expect more, but coming into a new franchise, new system, I think he's he's did well, he's did well, uh, and they are putting a lot of trust in him. But yeah, a good win for the Falcons. They needed it. I think both teams needed this to kind of kick on. Um, this, you'd think maybe one or maybe both of these teams will have a top ten pick in the draft. It just depends on the second half of the season. But literally, the only note that I've got down, I'm not saying he's the best wide receiver from this rookie class but just from watching this game I think Jerry Judy is the best route runner out of this wide receiver rookie class I just think some of his movement um, I think it's very similar to Devontae Adams and DeAndre Hopkins the way he runs the ball uh, obviously playing in a struggling offence that doesn't throw the ball a lot but he had seven receptions for 125 yards this week and I really hope he kicks on from it because he's a, a phenomenal talent yeah, he looks like uh, Drew Locke's favourite receiver, certainly, at the moment. So um, we, um, we spoke that into existence last week when I 
asked you whether I thought Jerry Judy was struggling so far to adapt. I think he's proved us all wrong. Yeah. Um, and that game I, alone. I with Jerry Judy last week, I, I must admit. I don't I, think I, any I, of us didn't side with him. I think we just said it was a slow burner. Did I, think, did I not say something about the fact that it was maybe the quarterback that was the issue, not the yeah. <laughs> receiver? Not him himself. Yeah. Uh, the good news for you, Kai, is every week I ask you to pronounce that tight end's name and he's now injured, isn't he? So. I know, thank God. So, uh, good, luck, good luck, Albert O, in your recovery from injury. Uh, we look forward to seeing you on the podcast at some point soon because you're our favourite <laughs> tight end, apart from all the other ones that we say are our favourites as well. Um, <laughs> Kai, you were looking at uh, two more AFC West teams, um, the LA Chargers at home to the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, the Chargers were up 32 points to 31 and then somehow lost the game because it wasn't 32 to 31. Yeah, I think for for anyone listening wondering how I've ended up talking about the Chargers and Justin Herbert again, it's not a fix. It just happens to be that since we've started doing this thing where we all take a few games for the week, I've ended up with the Chargers every week. I think it's not um, a fix, but, I'm not, but maybe I'm fixing I'm, it. Uh, I'm not complaining. I like watching Justin Herbert. Um, another lead thrown away by the Chargers. How did they um, find a way to lose this game? They were like... I don't. I honestly don't know. I think other weeks you can put it down to to the team they're playing, playing well to get there. I don't actually think the Raiders played that well at all. I don't think they played well enough to win it. I think the Chargers showed in large parts that they should have won that game. Um, I just, I, I honestly, honestly, I don't really have an answer for what what it is specifically um, that that lost them the game. I think I feel like there was a couple of opportunities at times where the Chargers could have probably got kicked on and and made a a bigger lead. Um, there was two or three passes that that Herbert was throwing that were maybe inches too long or just ever so slightly off, or that receivers maybe didn't quite haul in. Um, and obviously, if one of them, if if one of them's hauled in, then it's a totally different game. Um, but I, I feel like the, the Raiders just kind of went about their business, got the job done. Um, they only had 320 total yards, which was directly split right down the middle um, in terms of rushing and receiving. Uh, Devontae Booker got himself involved. I think he had more yards than, or equal yards, sorry, with, with Josh Jacobs. Um, Derek Carr had a, a relatively good performance. He only threw for. 160 odd yards, um, a couple of touchdowns, but yeah, I mean, I, something, something needs to change for the Chargers for them to be able to hold on to leads because they're good enough to get the lead in the first place. They just don't seem to be able to then consolidate on it. Um, Obviously, they I know what needs to change. On you go, Mikey. I don't think Anthony Lynn's the right man for the job. So just about to say uh, that. <laughs> I. Like him as a person from Hard Knocks, I think he's a a good man manager. But the amount of talent that the Chargers have to throw these games away and have that that record is is shocking. Really, the I don't think it's got anything to do with the the personnel on the field. I know you've got a couple of rookies in there, but I mean, it's just I think this is only his. I don't think he's a a seasoned head coach, and I think that's really shown. But they are. 
missing a lot of big pieces on uh, D. They, Bosa was out with a concussion. Um, they didn't, they've not had Chris Harris or Derwin James all season. Chris Harris is a former Super Bowl winner with the Broncos. Uh, Derwin James is probably their second best defensive player behind Joey, uh, uh, Joey Bosa. So they've been struggling a lot with injuries as well. But you, you can't throw games away like this. I think of their six losses this season, it's came at a combined points total loss of like 24 points, which is only four scores. So they're not even losing the game by a full score. They're losing them by a point, two points. And it's 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 crazy, really. It's This could be a total... We could be sitting here looking at the Chargers as a playoff team, 100%, especially with Herbert and Keenan Allen. Um, and one player I've not even mentioned is Austin Eckler as well, one of the, one of the top 10 running backs in the league. Um, just really, really struggling just now. And I think it's to do with... Um, to do with Anthony Lynn. Eckler being adequately replaced by Kalen Balash this week for some reason. Um, activated off the practice Justin squad. Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> Justin Jackson decided to get himself injured on the first snap yeah. of the whole game. Yeah, really strange. Um, and going on, on Mikey's point about the coaching, uh, something I heard, uh, not a rumour, but a, a theory. Uh, Tom Brady played in New England for many years and then decided, I'll go and retire, play my last few years somewhere hot. Could Bill Belichick do the same thing? Leave New England, go to a team that has a great roster, fantastic young quarterback, sunshine on the California coast, go and retire, Does take Belichick over the Chargers. Bill Belichick, yeah. Bill Belichick could become the Chargers coach. Cannot see him ever leaving New England, honestly. I no, think he not likes think for coach. a bit of retirement, no? It just, but, he always looks like he's really nice and cosy, like wrapped up at the side, wee hat and like about four jackets. Do you not think his missus would like to go somewhere a bit hotter though? Yes and no. I mean, she has a multi-multi-millionaire, so I don't think it's the end of the world if she stays in New England. But I just, I could always see Tom Brady, I know it looked weird when he, we first seen him in the Tampa Bay jerseys, but I can't see Bill Belichick being anywhere else but New England, as weird as that sounds, even though he did coach the Jets at one point. But, um, and the Browns. Just, yeah, I just cannot see it. I'd love to see it. I just I can't picture it. We'll see. Just a, um, a theory I'd heard. Stranger pa- things pa- happen. Parting comments. Um, I feel like Mikey gets his outlandish claim of the week. Uh, I have my Justin Herbert start of the week. Do, do, um, do, do, do. I don't have a drop for you. Sorry, guy. We'll we'll make one. Um, so after that performance, Justin Herbert went three hundred and twenty-six yards, two touchdowns. Uh, he's now surpassed Cam Newton for the most passing yards by a rookie quarterback in their first seven starts. Cam Newton was the leader since nineteen fifty, so he now has the most passing yards through seven games. And that was Kai's uh, Justin Herbert stat of the week. Oh, that, that was positive and all that. It's, it's not very positive when Joe Burrow's going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. So. But, uh, but You're yeah. just desperate to talk about him even though he didn't <laughs> Well, just quickly I'll finish, talk about if you want. finishing on that Chargers no. game. I say The reason I said they were winning 32-31 is they obviously got the touchdown with the last play of the game and then it was called back. Uh, yes. Which is, yeah. Very disappointing for them. At first, at first, I was like, that's 1,000% a touchdown. But there was only one camera angle where you actually seen it pop out. And yeah, a, a good call. And fair play to the Raiders. That they, I know I've spoken about the Chargers a lot when it was a Raiders win, but Raiders are sticking in there. I, I, I thought that they were going to make the playoffs. Um, and with a win like that, they could continue on from that. So yeah, 
we'll see what happens. Yep, Raiders are doing a real kind of uh, old style play, I think. Gruden's bringing yep. that run the game, run, 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 and then a wee bit of play action to do some deep throws. I think that's yep. really what their their aim is, and it's working well because they've got one of the best running backs in the league there, and Josh Jacobs. Has everyone got fed up of listening to Kai and Mikey? Because I have, so I've got a couple of games now to talk about. Because <laughs> you have, or you have a couple of games? Uh, both, both. both <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, my first one again. I'm not actually going to talk much about. Pittsburgh at Dallas, everyone said, hey, great, Pittsburgh are going to win this game. They did. It wasn't as easy as they should have. Uh, now Dallas are on about, what, their 18th quarterback or something of the season? Um, or their, their fourth choice, I should say. I'm being uh, slightly hyperbolic. Uh, but Gilbert, I don't think, played that uh, that bad, to be honest, uh, for someone who was a fourth-string QB. Someone who I don't think played particularly well. Uh, in fact, the whole offense didn't start particularly well for Pittsburgh. Um Again, I'm not too sure about maybe Big Ben's decision-making. In some instances, they should really have won that game a lot easier than they did. They didn't run the ball very well at all. 46 yards running, uh, rushing, I should say, for Pittsburgh. But in the end, they got the job done. A lot of people say that Pittsburgh play down to their opposition a lot. Like, Pittsburgh are capable of being amazing, but if they're playing against someone who's not very good, they'll kind of drop down to their level. And I think that's... Kind of what happened here. Much the case last week. Yeah. But uh, I was actually very impressed with the way Dallas played. I think Elliot and Pollard both played quite well. Pollard was more efficient rushing, but I thought they both played quite well. And I thought, for a minute, Dallas might win that game. But they they didn't quite. Uh, very worried at one point. Yeah. When there was a potential for Dallas to actually win against a team that they really shouldn't be beating. Yeah. Um Collective you, sigh of relief, I would imagine, amongst the Eagles fans when uh, when the Steelers went ahead. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask there. If, if you had Garrett Gilbert playing against the Eagles, do you think the Cowboys would have won? Yes. Well, I think, sorry, I'm not saying yes outright they would have won. I think they would have had more of a chance than win, more of a chance of winning than they did. I think having I think Garrett Gilbert, even though he's not been never been a starting quarterback then, I think that his experience shone through against the Steelers. I yeah. think he was making a lot more. I think, Adam, you said that before the game was even kicked off that, that Garrett Gilbert would have played a lot of nice, safe, short passes. Um, I, I thought he was very, very good. He's He's been in and around the league for the, the best part of six years. Uh, I think he even played in the, the AAF as well at some point. Yeah. Um, the other American Allegiance Football League. Um, so, I, yeah, I think... Obviously, you would rather have Andy Dalton and Dak Prescott, but if you don't have those two, you're you're going with Garrett Gilbert at least for the rest of the season until Andy Dalton's uh, ready to play again. I have a question about Pittsburgh. They are eight and zero, okay, but are they actually that great? Now I know that sounds stupid because they are eight and zero, but they've beaten the Giants, who are two and six, two and seven, whatever they are, the Broncos. The Texans, the Eagles, the Browns, the Cowboys. There, they've had two tough games against the Titans and Ravens that they've both just scraped by. But apart from those, six of their wins have been against teams you'd expect them to win. I think I saw something similar to that, or like basically outlining what you've just said and the way that six of their wins have been against teams that were less than five hundred when they played them. Yeah. Um, they seem they they seem to have got that eight and zero record by 
I'm not saying they've, they've played badly because they've not. They've been ridiculously good at times. Um, but it feels like, like you said, that they've been able to play in second gear for most of the season um, and not have to be 100% every week. Like this week, they didn't. They, they won, not just, but they never really had to to kick into gear and, and play really, really well to to claw the game back. Um I think against a very good team, and I say that as if they've not played the Ravens, who were good, but again, like it was just a the Ravens, scrape. They, they kind of flew by the the seat of their pants a wee bit. I think about against the Ravens, and if the Ravens had been a bit more sensible and and played a wee bit better, I think they would have probably beat them. But um, it'll be interesting to see what happens if Big Ben is out. I know he's obviously got like a double knee injury at the moment. I don't know how long they're anticipating him actually being injured for, but it'd be interesting to see what happens if he's out, whether it changes anything massively. Yeah. See, I'm I'm gonna not disagree with Kai, but flip it and say that they almost haven't had to they haven't really had to get out of second gear for most of their games. That's and uh I don't know, I feel like they they're although they're eight and oh, they're completely underrated and underappreciated by a lot of the media and stuff this season um, yes they've only had kind of two big challenges but they've won them and then you could even put this game last this game against the Cowboys as another massive challenge even though they were expected to win at the start um, I don't think they'll finish 16-0 I, I, I think there's there's got to be a loss or two in there at well, some point here's, this, here's the, the schedule today. Mikey and I was just looking at it it's not particularly hard Okay, Bengals Jags Ravens again Washington, you've got a tough one at Buffalo, Bengals, Colts, Browns. There's only there's, like... two, there's two losses in there somewhere, and I'm not saying it's from the two that you mentioned. It could be from someone like the Colts towards the end of the season when injuries kind of and fatigue starts to come in. I can't, I cannot see them finishing. That what the Patriots did about what was it, ten, twelve years ago was unheard of in a 16 game season. I know they never won the Super Bowl that year, but 16 and 0 is almost impossible to do um, and I just as much as I'm all I really like the Steelers and I think they potentially will go to the Super Bowl or at least the AFC Championship I just can't see them finishing 16-0 and I agree with you um, oh, sorry on you okay no I was just going to say like <coughs> on that on that schedule like playing the Ravens the Ravens will be looking to try and bounce back from the fact they lost against them last time it, so it's all be a big game. football as well Sorry? It's on it's on Thursday night football as well. Yeah, so it's like Thursday night lights. Um they'll they'll probably want to be winning that. The Bills will probably still be chasing it. But I think the biggest one is the Colts in week sixteen. There is a very good chance that come week sixteen the Colts could still be within touch and distance of the the first place in that division with the Titans there as need, well. They'll need to win more. And they need to win more than the Steelers might need it. So I think you might find by that point the Colts will be playing very very like aggressive football I think that's probably more likely to be where they lose than against the, the Ravens in week 12 or something It'll be just, just to, to go back to Garrett Gilbert for a second this is his career accolades Mr Texas Football 2008 he's the AAF <laughs> he's an AAF champion the AAF passing yards leader and the AAF passer rating leader he's also a Super Bowl champion who did he win a Super Bowl with? He won a Super Bowl in 2015 with the New England Patriots. They won the uh, 
the Butler had the interception in the last oh, yeah. play, of, play of the game. He was Best. obviously the backup quarterback to Tom Brady. The more you know. See, so I, I think the most impressive actually out of that is uh, Mr. Texas football. Like, everyone wants to be Mr. Texas football. I well, mean, if I'm looking at other people who've won it that we know, Kyler Murray won it two years. Johnny Manziel won it. Uh, Garrett Gilbert won it, and I don't know if uh, you remember him. Jaquiz Rogers, he was a running back. Oh yeah. He won it in 2007. Uh-huh. Um, Marvin Mims won it last season. I've never heard of him, but. I mean, it's a very prestigious accolade if Kyler Murray's won it as well. Oh, actually, talking about Kyler Murray, uh, yes, there we go. Like that one, yeah. (laughs) Kyler Murray was uh, the starting quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals, who are playing at home to the Miami Dolphins. Two a one. Did we all predict that Tua was going to win this game? I can tell you, probably not. Uh, Thirty-four points to thirty-one. Miami won this one. It started off the way that I thought. It was the only way that Miami were going to win this game. A Miami defensive touchdown. I was like, there we go. Miami defense is hugely underrated. Brian Flores, an unbelievable defensive coach, and that defense has been coached fantastically well. Um, But it turns out that Tua did some things compared to last week where he didn't. Uh, He really seemed to be getting just eased in nice and uh, slowly into the NFL. This week, he threw more passing yards in the first quarter I'm sure it was, than the whole of the game last week. Last week. Um, on the ground, uh, they obviously had some injuries with Miles Gaskin and Matt Breida. So Jordan Howard came out and improved his average uh, rushes per attempt He because he averaged 1.9 rushes an effort. Uh, 1.9 yards, sorry, an effort here. Um, it's unbelievable to watch Jordan Howard because he's clearly a talented back, which is why... He, you know, he was drafted as he was, you know, and stuff, but he's just, that's just nothing. He just runs into people and falls down. Um, to a rush for 35 yards, and have you all heard of Ahmed? Yeah? I saw him, by the way. Definitely. I didn't even think I noticed him on the night. Yep, 38 like, yards uh, on seven attempts he had there. Um, but Tua was passing to uh, Parker, Preston Williams, uh, Grant, Williams went off injured, and I think he's now been placed on IR. Um, but I was actually very impressed with Tua. Uh, had a passer rating of 122, three for two touchdowns. I, I say, I think both these quarterbacks really dragged their team uh, to, to such a good game. I, either team, I think, could have won it. Um, Kyler, <laughs> I'm just looking at the stat line. Kyler threw 21 Completions for 283 yards, three touchdowns. Fantastic. Oh, but he also ran 11 times for 106 yards. Those those rushing yards, or that those rushing stats, is what you would expect out of like your running back one yeah. in a week. Except their running back ran for 25 times and only 70 yards. Like it's it's stupid. Like I, it looked at times as if the two of them were just trying to outdo each other. Yeah, like anything you can do, I can do better. And I think I may made, have said it made for a very exciting game. I think I may I'm have said this last is a week up where we'll see them both for years to come against each other. Yeah, <laughs> two young quarterbacks. We're going to see a lot of Tua versus Kyler. I think I may have said last week that I was not sure if Tua was very good. Mm-hmm. You thought they were going to trade it. Get another quarterback. Well, in. what I said was, bear in mind at that point they had a, a winning record, at least a five hundred record with Fitzpatrick. So it's harsh to have dropped them. So I thought they were going to play Tua 
to see if he was any good for them in the NFL. Obviously, he was good in college, but if he is any good in the NFL, and then if he wasn't, they'd move off him. But I think they're fairly happy that they've played him. He is good, and they went, you know what, we made a good pick there. So I'm fairly confident with what I said was right, but it turns out that Tua has played as well as they thought they were going to. Um, yeah, I... I I can't say anything else really. Tua was really good in this game. Um, Christian Kirk you, catching huge balls for Kyler Murray as well. I I just enjoyed what again. There's not many times I can just say I sat and watched and enjoyed the game because some yeah, of them are quite difficult to watch. But I enjoyed watching this. Would you believe me if I said that the Arizona Cardinals are the number one ranked offense in the NFL? You wouldn't think it, but they are. Not not off the top of my well, head. Wouldn't but if you wouldn't think it. Yeah, and if, I would if, if say I asked you who it was. You would probably say in other few teams, like, for example, the Chiefs or whatever. Um, but, yeah, the Cardinals right now are the number one ranked offence in, in the NFL, which surprised me a bit. I know they've got weapons. They've got the best receiver in the league, in my opinion, um, Kyler Murray, who I absolutely love. Um, decent running backs, but, yeah, this this was all about the Dolphins. That They're playing with no fear. We all thought that when they were 3-3 three and three and they benched Fitzpatrick that... Um, we weren't sure how it was going to go, but they've now won four in a row. And yeah, they're just playing with absolutely no fear. I don't think they, the fact that they played the Rams and the Cardinals, who are both playoff contenders, it's it's fantastic what the Dolphins are doing just now. I, I think there's there's one team every season that seems to be in playoff contention, but doesn't ever really get there. I think the Dolphins might be that one this season. I think it's very soon for them to be reaching the playoffs, but the way they've been playing lately... Who knows, this season is so up for grabs with no fans being in the stadium and things like that. Definitely. Um, looking at the stat line for DeAndre Hopkins, it looks from the outside, just without having watched the games, disappointing. Three targets, three receptions, 18 <laughs> yards. But he was targeted a lot more than three times. He just drew so many defense, defensive defensive <laughs> passer interference calls. Like Howard, I think it, was, it must have been at least three, four, maybe five yeah. times. It happened. It felt like every play that went to Hopkins was a, there was a defensive pass interference yeah. every single time. Um, I think he was getting frustrated by it, but if it gets your team up the field and it was leading to a lot more first downs, and it was a close game. Obviously, the field goal should have been uh, should have been made by the the Cardinal, sorry, to to take the game to overtime. But just one of those. They they beat the Seahawks in the overtime with the field goal. This time it wasn't to be. So um, you can't win them all, but. I, I think the Cardinals have a lot of positives to take from this game. They, they look like they're solidifying themselves in the playoff race, even with this loss. I was going to say, this could be two playoff teams. Yep. Which is Because they both, they both have the same record now. Yeah. I would I would say that the Cardinals have a better chance of, of making a push for the, the playoffs than the Dolphins do. The well, Dolphins are in a bit of an unfortunate position of... They're not going to win that division. No, but the, Card- the, Card- the Cardinals have a tougher schedule. I think the Cardinals have to play the yeah. rest of the NFC West. The Dolphins only have to play the AFC East. I suppose the only the only other... I mean, the, the, the Dolphins play all three of the, the teams in their division again, obviously, before the end of the season. Two of those teams are the Patriots and the Jets. So, I mean, they're not exactly daunting matchups. Um I don't know. I think it'll be interesting to see what happens for the rest of the season. I think I don't think Tua's had. I think it'll be interesting to see when Tua kind of has a proper test on his hands, where he's maybe chasing a game or he needs to kind of rally the team to to claw back a lead or anything. I think that's what you kind of want to see from him. 
because last week he never had to be that good like we saw to win. This week I think he was better to win, but again, I still don't think we saw what he's really capable of. Um, I I think for in weeks to come, I think there'll be a game where really it shows like what he's worth. I'm just uh, having a look at the it's, schedule um, for the Dolphins at the moment because you said that you wanted a game where uh, Tua, you know, is coming from behind to chase the game. Uh, so I'm just looking to see in the future if they're playing against... Oh, wait, yes, they are, the LA Chargers. So the Chargers are good at throwing away leads. So Who are and Herbert. Yes. Uh, that um, could be an interesting one. In fact, this week is literally this week. Week 10, they play at home to the Chargers. So the Chargers will be up by, what, a couple of touchdowns and then two will have a comeback? Is that the way it's going to go? I think. Which leads me know. to my... Outlandish claim of the week. Oh, let me get this music on, Mikey. It's outland. Mikey's outlandish. Mikey's outlandish claim of the week. What drives away our viewers? I sing that. I sing that better every <laughs> week, I think. Commented on it since. Uh, uh, my mother, every single time she listens, says you should really <laughs> stop singing. But what yeah, is your claim, Mikey? I think Kyler Murray will break the single-season record for rushing touchdowns by a quarterback, which was currently held by Cam Newton with 14 in 2011. What's Kyler Murray on at the moment? He's on he's on seven or eight at the moment. So yeah, it could happen. Needs, yeah, it's. I think this is what Cam did: is that a few times that he almost broke his own record. A few times he. He rushed out to a big chunk of lead at the halfway point of the season, but um, second half of the season is always a bit more difficult when you have more injuries and things like that, especially to your defensive linemen. But I think Kyler Murray will break that. He he is the rushing touchdown running back in that uh, offense, even ahead of uh, Chase Edmonds and Kenyon Drake. So um, I think he's got a good half a dozen still in him to break the record. He has eight at the moment. So he needs... He needs seven, seven to break He it. needs another seven. So he got eight in the first half of the season and he needs seven in the second half of the season, which is... it's It could go either way, but that's that's my prediction. I think, I think as you quite rightly say, it's trickier in the second half typically because defences will now recognise that he's the rush threat yeah. as opposed to the other running backs. So they'll uh-huh. play more. At the start of the season, they maybe weren't sure how it was going to work, but now they know Kyler is the rushing offence as well as the passing offence. So we'll try... Yeah. I think you'll find a lot of QB spies will be played against Arizona now. Can I ask a favour, Adam? Yes. Unless, Kai, you want to say something about this game still? Or Tyler? To, to mention, obviously, like I mentioned the, the Dolphins schedule to come and you were mentioning the, the Cardinals. The Cardinals still need to play the Rams twice. So there's two games where he could end up getting flattened a couple of times. Um, they play the Seahawks and the Bills next week, this week and next week um, but they do have, they play the Patriots, they play the Giants, they play the Eagles and they play the 49ers which are all games where you could very much see Kyler Murray breaking free and kind of going a bit wild so I don't think it's beyond the the wildest um, yeah. realms of possibility but it'll be interesting. I forgot that the NFC West this season were playing the NFC East and the AFC East, and at the moment they're yeah. not great divisions. So that's maybe why the NFC West, most of the teams are 500. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, Adam, can I take your job to segue into this game? You'd like and to segue into something? Just for this like... one time. Yeah, on you go. 
So before I ask you what the score was in this game, I've got a quote from Adam last week. This is <laughs> word for word. I think Tampa will win it. I think they will be back with a vengeance and will absolutely demolish them. Talking about the Saints. I'm talking like a two-touchdown victory. I think Drew Brees' arm is gone. I think he is struggling. So, Adam, what was the score? In this uh, Tampa it was uh, 38, points, 38 points to three, and I was totally... Oh, no, wait, that's the wrong way around. This, oh, oh, right, I see. Yeah, the Saints may have won that game. I have a reason for that, and that you can argue with me later. So, the first five drives for Tampa Bay were three and outs. And the reason for that is that they didn't run the ball. They had five rushing attempts in the whole game, and that included uh, a QB kneel. So really, there was only four rushes in the whole game for them. And they just decided to make Tom Brady throw balls like 30 yards up the field. That's not Tom Brady's game. Tom Brady's short, quick passes. Uh, But I don't know what the game plan was from Bruce Arians, but it was rubbish, whatever it was. Uh, it says it all when at the end of a game the losing team is taking a knee to end the game. Yeah, exactly. That uh, says it all. This was, I think, statistically Tom Brady's worst game ever. Potentially. And it's the first time he's ever lost um, a divisional matchup like it has went 0-2 against a division rival yeah. ever in his career. Now, my point about Drew Brees might still stand because he did only throw 26 passes for 222 yards. He wasn't really flying them down the field. For four touchdowns to four different receivers. I agree. Adam, you, what... can't, you can't dig yourself out of this hole. Uh, my, my point of his arm being not as good as it was, I feel could be true. But he's still a very good game manager. I thought Tampa Bay would come back, as I said there, because they got beat in the first round of fixtures with these two, and they go, right, that's not happening again. But I, I, it was just poor, poor coaching and play calling, in my opinion, that completely destroyed this for Tampa. We said in last week's podcast that this was a huge game because even though the the Bucks had a better record, if the Saints win this game, they're two and zero against the division rival, and will probably take a better seed than the our home field advantage against the Bucks, which was massive. I'm just laughing looking at the Russian stats for the Bucks. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely embarrassing <laughs> for an NFL team. Ronald Jones three attempts for nine yards. Fournette, one attempt for no gain. Gabbert, whoever that is. He took a knee. He, he, he took the knee at the end. <laughs> took a knee yeah. for minus one yards. They had five attempts for eight yards. It was utterly, utterly and bear in mind Ronald Jones had nine yards. One of his attempts was seven yards. It was seven. <laughs> it, it was an utter embarrassment. I was watching the highlights I say on the Monday morning after this, and I, I've honestly never seen Tom Brady play as bad. He was getting so frustrated. Rob Gronkowski, like one reception from six happens. targets like it was uh, just everything fell apart I thought they, you know what I think the problem is I think Antonio Brown and I know I that's his heart to... I know it's maybe harsh to say because he's only been there for a week or two alright but his personality in a dressing room is toxic yeah I'm worried about it I'm sure it was Ryan Shazier that said perfect word for it yeah Ryan Shazier said for, for Pittsburgh like trying to he acts like a child Antonio Brown I think I, I think that's potentially part of the reason why the Bucks played so badly was because Antonio Brown's, that's obviously his first game, he would not have settled for going into that game and not being targeted, not having the receptions, not being the guy. 
on offense. I think there was. I think he's come in with this personality, and he's. I'm not saying he's overthrown Bruce Arians and Tom Brady because you don't like that. Just doesn't happen. But I think there's probably they're almost trying to accommodate him too much, and that's why you probably saw so many times Tom Brady was trying to throw stupid throws down the field. They were. They were stupid. Antonio Brown. It's like three three interceptions. Like I would say, at least two of them were targets for Antonio Brown. The the thing is, well, the the fantasy relevance in this game, being the late game on the Sunday, was huge. You had both on both sides of the ball. You probably had a lot of teams, not just in our leagues, um, who were waiting on a Tom Brady performance or a Ronald Jones or Fournette or Mike Evans, Godwin, Antonio Brown or Gronkowski. And then on the other side of the ball, you were probably thinking Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, um, Jared Cook. None of them lit up the box score massively. Um, I think I, I said to use both that. Tom Brady only needed 11-odd points to become the most fantasy-scoring player of all time to beat Jerry Rice's record. Um, I think he finished on two points or something uh, like that. Yeah, it was, was, it was a... 2.36. I'm looking at it here because Claire yeah. played against Finn this week and Claire still managed to beat Finn, even though Claire played Tom Brady, who got 2.36 points, instead of Aaron Rodgers, who got 28.9. So, yeah. Finn, embarrassing. Just when you when you talk about like fantasy relevance as well, like I mean my matchup with Sean was right on right on the wire going into this game and I had Ronald Jones and he had Antonio Brown and I think we were both expecting something out of them, but we both knew we were taking quite a big risk. He was taking as big a risk I would say with Antonio Brown unproven in a in an offensive system that's different, uh, with so many other receivers, but yeah. It was a massive game fantasy-wise, and I think everyone was let down. Well, one player not fantasy-wise, you know how much I love the guy. Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill. Seven so... rushing attempts for 54 yards, two passing attempts for 48 yards, and one reception receiving yards, 21. The guy so is cool. just... <laughs> Ah, uh, I honestly, I, and he's the thing is as well, he's such a good blocker as well. See, for someone in his size, he's such a good blocker in the passing and the running game whenever they play him. They even played a play where Drew Brees was out wide left, and even when they quarterback, that, he did a he did a pump fake as well, which I just I loved. But uh Taysom Hill, I just we had him in the practice squad at the Packers a few years ago, and we, and we released him, and then the Saints picked him up. Ah, uh, man, I would love to have a Green Bay Packers jersey with Taysom Hill on the back. Green Bay Packers get it sorted. <laughs> uh, but I'll be honest, yes, I was wrong about this game, but uh, I'll be honest, the scenes were just clinical. They were very, very good. And it should be interesting now to see the top of that division because the two of them now are the same record, I'm sure. And uh, we'll see We'll see what happens. I'm sure Tampa Bay won't play as bad again. You can clip that if you want for the next time they do, Mikey. You can <laughs> quote that back for me. I think they just need to be they they just need to be sensible. Like they've got to this point with the team they've got playing the way they've been playing. Don't try and change it for other people. I know they will. Antonio Brown coming into it changes the way any team plays, but I I think it's probably one of the worst things they could do is to try and shoehorn someone into an already good winning team. Yeah, so uh that's a good point because uh, a team who tried to shoehorn Antonio Brown into an already winning team were the New England Patriots. And uh, they played Monday Night Football at the New York Jets. You like that one, Kai? I saw you smile as a. That was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, New England uh, Patriots won 30 points to 27. 
Um, I suppose it was expected to beat the Jets. It wasn't as easy as it should be. Uh, just as um, as Mikey had quoted something that I said, I'm going to quote a wee bit that Kai said <laughs> in our group. As long as oh, wait, what? I thought that was that, back on Mikey. No, no, what no. no, no that Kai said in our group chat uh, as he was watching the highlights of Monday Night Football on Tuesday morning. And I'll, again, oh, I'll, I'll read I know, it. I know what that says. I'll read it verbatim, okay? Tell you what, by the way. The Jets played very, very well last night by the looks of this. And Flacco became the GOAT. And within literally 60 seconds, he says, take that back. He threw a, thir- a 60 yard pick for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't need to throw the ball. But yeah, that, <sighs> that interception probably cost them the game. I mean, they might they might have still Matt, had to punt or something. But it, it was it was the equivalent of a punt. But it might not have they might not have had to punt if they just kept the ball. But um, I think um, I think the Jets seemed to play. I think they were a lot more sensible in how they played this week. Um, they looked a lot more controlled. That's that's every, every single game that they have played without Sam Darnold since they drafted Sam Darnold. They've lost. It's. I know what you say Sam Darnold is is a very good quarterback, and he is. I think he just doesn't fit this system. I don't think he has enough round about him to complement how good a quarterback he is. Now, someone like Joe Flacco is probably like he's more of a, an old school quarterback. He's not great. He's not very what's the word? He's not very glamorous, but I think he kind of showed against a team like the Patriots, who maybe aren't great themselves at the moment um, he knew how to just play sensibly round about them he picked off uh, quite a few good passes to people obviously through three touchdowns and then it was kind of soured a wee bit with that stupid interception yeah on the New England side of the ball I thought they were really good running the ball um, Buckhead was good I thought I actually think this Damien Harris is a, a really really I know, I know they drafted him the year before this one um, but then he was injured for a lot last season. Or if he wasn't injured, then he certainly didn't play. Uh, but uh, he seems to be good. I don't think he, he... He looks like he can't be stopped. He hits people and then just continues to go. <laughs> yeah, he's really good. Um, Jacoby Myers uh, being the, the main uh, receiver for the Patriots again. It's something stupid like 40% of targets in the last two or three games have went to Myers. Uh, he seems to definitely be the target for, for Cam. Uh, New York Jets running game, Frank Gore. Yeah, we, we say this every week, but yeah, Frank Gore is Frank Gore. Um, they've had to install a chairlift at the MetLife Stadium. To get him. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think, uh, quickly touching on the quarterback situation at the Jets, I agree with what Kai says. I think Darnold, this might, I've changed my opinion. I think this is his last season there. I think they're going to get the first overall pick. They're going to draft Trevor Lawrence and they're going to trade Sam Darnold and they're going to get quite a lot of draft picks back, I think, for Sam Darnold. I think a yeah. team that needs a quarterback will happily take Sam Darnold. And you know who I'm really worried for? is the New England Patriots because they're going to be in a division that has Tua, that has Josh Allen, that has Trevor Lawrence, and who do they have at quarterback? Potentially not Cam. Uh, like <laughs> Stidham. I mean, I that... think that Trevor Lawrence is going to pull an Eli Manning and refuse to play for the char as he did with the Chargers. 
I just I can't see him going to the Jets. I don't. I I think it's silly for someone who's never played in the league. I think you need to earn your stripes, um, regardless of a losing record in a season, and then potentially get traded in a couple of years. But there's been a lot of rumours right now of Trevor Lawrence going to the the Jags, um, and that's whether whether he refuses or not. Obviously, remains to be seen. But that's something that we need to kind of watch as the season progresses. Is if Trevor Lawrence is either going to stay in college, as we spoke about, for another year and do his senior year, or if he's going to refuse to to take the first round pick and maybe get traded to another team and draft night. Like what what happens if now this is obviously quite a like um it's not beyond the realm of possibility, but it's it's a wee bit fantastical in the way that if what happens if if Trevor Lawrence stays in college for a year, decides to declare for the draft next year. And the Jets have another horrific season, and they get the first pick again, and he is the first pick in the draft. Like, there's only so many times they can go right. I don't want to go and play with the Jets. Well, well, I, I think. Sorry, as as Mikey said, it happened before with Eli Manning, when he was drafted by the Chargers, but he said, "I'm not playing for you, so you'll have to trade me," and they traded them to the Giants. I, I mean, I can see that potentially happening, but I think the guy just needs to, like Mikey says, you just need to take your medicine, go in, just yeah. take the fact that you're getting into the NFL and just play for a team. You've proved that the team, if they're bad, is the issue and not you personally. I think you see, I'm not saying the Bengals are on the same level as the Jets in terms of how poor they are, but the Bengals weren't good last season at all. Joe Burrow's come in and you've already seen an upturn in fortunes just because he is a very good quarterback. And I think I'm not saying it's just him that's done that, but he's been a very large part of the fact that the Bengals are getting better and look more promising. So I think Trevor Lawrence should just come in, take the fact he's getting into the NFL, and he goes in and takes the chance to prove himself. Yep, I can't disagree with you there. I think with Perryman, Mims, Crowder, there's enough, not high quality, but decent receivers that if he came in, he'd actually be able to do something with them. It's not like there's there's no one there at all. I'd much rather have the receiving core of the Jets than I would the Patriots. (laughs) The Patriots are going nobody there, but uh, but yeah, it will be interesting to see, as you say, Mikey, what uh, Lawrence chooses to do throughout this uh, the rest of this season. That's all the games done, guys. We're going to move on to our uh, favourite part of the show, where Adam looks even more of an idiot. Uh, Before that, I was going to offer the playoff predictions again, oh, as we did last week. Yes, if we want to do that. Yep. So we'll just rifle through this as we kind of similar as we did last week. The the NFC remains the exact same in terms of teams. Uh, the AFC, the Browns and the Colts are out of the playoff picture and the Dolphins and the Raiders are in. So Steelers remain the number one pick. So you've got the number seven Dolphins at the number two Chiefs. Chiefs? Yep. Then you've got the number six Raiders at the number three Bills. Mm, Bills just for me. Kai's got a thinking face. Uh, and then you've got the number five Ravens at number four Tennessee, which was the same game as last week. Yeah, I think I'd go Ravens now. Yeah, I think I'd go Ravens. Are we doing right. this as well, Mikey? You act as a tiebreaker if me and Kai go opposite sides. Yeah. Okay, so now we've got the f- number five Ravens at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers for me. Ravens. Oh, right. That's split. So, Mikey, you have the deciding vote. I'm going to say Steelers. 
And then you've got the number three Bills at the number two Chiefs. Chiefs. Right. Radio silence. Uh, um, I'm thinking I'm probably going to go... Yeah, it's hard to see past the Chiefs. That bit of so radio silence was really good, Chiefs, Kai, for, uh, for a podcast, you know. You know, the radio silence is good for a podcast. Yeah, nice. I like just make some random noise to <laughs> let you know I'm still here. I do, I'm I, do, I do a hum and a how and I'm thinking of it. <laughs> and the Chiefs at Steelers AFC Championship. Yeah, Chiefs. Chiefs for me. Yeah, I'd say Chiefs. Right, and then the NFC, the Saints are now the number one seed who replaces Seahawks. So you've got number seven Rams at number two Seahawks. Seahawks? Yeah, I would tend to agree, Seahawks. Number six Cardinals at number three Packers. Packers. I'll take the Packers. Yeah. And then you've got the number five Bucks at... I don't know how the number four Eagles. Uh, the reason the number four is because of the division when they're making. There's nothing to do with quality yeah. there. Crazy. Uh, on the day now, slagging the Eagles who yeah. didn't play this week. Uh, Bucks for me. I've got to stick with my team. Go Eagles. So now you've got. I'm assuming. Bucks I'm assuming at... Mikey picked the Bucks. Then. <laughs> M- M- Mikey's <laughs> just picked the Bucks. <laughs> so now you've got the number five Bucks in the game that was so important this week at the New Orleans Saints now in the dome. I know. I'm saying that the Bucks have sorted out their stupid decision making, and I think the Bucks won. Yeah, I think so as well. I think, I think they they might come back. I was going to say the Saints, but that's fine. Doesn't um, matter. And then relevant the, now. The Packers, the Packers in Seattle. I I'm going Packers. I think the Seahawks will start Packers. to crumble. I I would go Packers. You know. Yeah, I'd agree. So the one and two seeds are out. So then that means that there's a NFC Championship game in Lambeau Field. Tom Brady's Bucks against Aaron Rodgers Packers winner goes to the Super Bowl. I That's think, what you want to see. I think that Tom Brady's old, brittle hands will get cold in Lambeau in the winter and the Packs <laughs> will win that. Yeah, I, think I think if this was in Tampa Bay, they would win it. But I think in Lambeau in the winter, hopefully it's a snow game. I'm going to take the Packs pack as well. I agree. If it was in Tampa, I'd fancy Brady in the Bucks, but... Okay, so we've got a new Super Bowl this week, two, two new teams. <laughs> oh no, I think the Chiefs made it last last week. It's the Kansas City Chiefs against the Green Bay Packers. Chiefs. Chiefs. <laughs> I'm going to say Packers since it's already going to be the Chiefs, just so you've got support. So we've got Kansas City Chiefs winning the Super Bowl for the second week in a row. Did we say Chiefs last week as well? Yep, but we also <laughs> said that if the Steelers got the... I think we said the Seahawks was going to beat the... It was going to be the Seahawks versus the Chiefs, and the Chiefs would win. But the Seahawks, yeah. If the Steelers got to it, the Seahawks would beat them. I think yeah. was that what we said last week. I think Something the same again in this way. If the Steelers managed to get there, I think the Packers would beat the Steelers. Right. Either way, we're not very high on the Steelers winning the Super Bowl if they get there. No, I think they can get there, but I think the NFC have just got such quality teams that they'd probably beat the Steelers in my opinion. So. Well, thank you for that game again, Mikey. But uh, we can jump now onto our. Two minute warning, and uh, we can have a look at the predictions from last week. Do I want to look at the predictions? I've not even had a look at it since I guessed them. You do not want to look at the predictions. All right, well, I'm going to go. See you later. (laughs) Yeah, um, we could start the Thursday Night Football. I hope we all got that right. 
clean sweep for the Packers. Good, good. Uh, the Giants beat Washington. Me and Kai had the Giants. Yeah, Adam, you had I'm, Washington. I'm two all in in Washington, haven't I? Um, Tennessee uh, beat Chicago. Clean sweep for the Titans. Good. Uh, Minnesota beat Detroit. Kai had the Lions. Myself and Adam had the Vikings. I'm still not sure why he ever had the Lions, but well. Uh, I'm sure... For the same reason that you always take the Colts. <laughs> that worked this week, didn't it? Um, right, uh, Kansas City beat the uh, the Panthers. Clean sweep for the Chiefs. Yeah. The Texans beat the Jags. Cl- clean sweep for the Texans. The Ravens beat the Colts. Adam, you had the Colts. Yeah. <laughs> See, I, I had the Ravens. I thought maybe Baltimore <laughs> would be struggling again, you know, reeling from last week. Didn't happen. I uh, think about that one as well. I don't think any of us picked Buffalo over Seattle. Wrong clean sweep. Yeah, uh, Atlanta beat Denver. Oh, I've got this wrong. Uh, I me think... and you, Adam, had the Falcons. Kai had the Broncos. Did you pick the Broncos? Are you a fan of Drew Locke? Like coming off last week. I just think he's, I just think he's quite not a fan of the Falcons. I can understand. I mean, yeah, that, that's probably as big a factor. But yeah, coming off the back of last week, I just thought the Broncos might have, might have. Um, Done something. Oh, they they didn't. Um, the Raiders <laughs> beat <laughs> the Raiders beat the Chargers. Adam, you had uh, the Chargers. Me and Kai had the Raiders for for a, a small amount of time. I had it, and then yep. it was cruelly taken Tough away from me. Um, I hope we all said the Steelers would beat the Cowboys. We did. I'm assuming we all said that Arizona would beat Miami, we and we were wrong. Cardinals, yeah. yeah. Uh, New Orleans beat Tampa Bay. I had the Saints, you two had the Bucks. I just thought that first game was going to hang over the Bucks, and I thought it was uh, in the Dome, it was going to be a win. And the It pa- wasn't in the Dome, it was in Tampa Bay, it was in, but I thought yeah. they were going to win it regardless. Uh, New England beat the Jets. Clean sweep for the Patriots. Fantastic. So how was it this week? Uh, even with my uh, poor predictions, I'm sure I'll still be so, as poorly in last as normal. for the week. We'll keep saying it every week, Adam. You're above 500. You got seven out of 14. Well, I mean, you called to 500. It's not quite above it, yeah. is it? Kai was with nine out of 14. And I think I've got a season best. I had 12 out of 14. Goodness me. You must have been cheating somehow. I think the only games I got wrong were the... Sorry, I just used an explicit word. Yeah, I realised that. I, was I, can, to I can beep it out. I can beep it out in post-production, don't worry. <laughs> Seahawks and the Cardinals wrong. Um, so that means overall, Adam is on 57 out of 101. Including my bonus points. points. Yeah. <laughs> Kai's on 65 out of 101. And I'm now one ahead on 66 out of 101. Uh, I think every second week you're going to have to try and give me five bonus points to catch up with. <laughs> Possibly, yeah. We'll think of a new game for you to play. Uh, but yes, uh, I, lo- I love how we always finish. Time... Sorry, I've just realised, is this the first time you've gone ahead of me, Mikey? No, there's been a few lead changes at the top. We've been even and then one ahead and one behind. No, I mean, like, overall, I think you've won quite no, a no, few that's... weeks. No, no, that was, this was oh, really? leading for the last two weeks, and then it was level, and then I was leading the week maybe at the start, but it's been relatively close, give or take a point. Between me, uh, us two, Adams. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, Adam, see, for, a, for 100 points, what does the L in the NFL stand for? Uh, loser? Oh, no, that's just me. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I love how we always finish on the predictions, and it always just brings me down because I'm not doing very well. That's uh, yeah. I love you guys, really, maybe, for doing Maybe that. we should start with it. Maybe. 
then it'd be a very long two minute warning at the end, wouldn't it? With all the games, that'd be yeah, yeah. But anyway, thank you for joining us again, uh, Kai and Mikey, for uh, another week review. There's a game tonight. There is a game oh, tonight. Yes, there we is. have to do a little prediction before we run away. Colts at Titans. You know, you know who I'm going to pick. <laughs> do you know what? I'm also going to go with the Colts potentially. Woo! I might change it before kickoff, but nah, I'm going to Titans. I'm going to Titans. I'm, I'm going Titans. Yeah, I'm Colts. going Colts. I'm going for the upset. I need to start getting points that you aren't getting, so I'm going to have to go the opposite of you. So yeah. Colts for me right. and Titans for the two that, of you. That only works if the Colts win. <laughs> yeah, no, you've done the opposite. I, I go then. further behind. Yeah, exactly. You go further behind. <laughs> but uh, I look forward to watching that game and me going further behind the predictions. Probably. So. <laughs> Thank you for joining us, gents. I'll pop this music on and we can say goodbye. See you later. Cheerio.